Gracious God, give us hearts to be enchanted by your love on this most holy night. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight is about enchantment. By enchantment, I mean an openness to trust that there is more to the world than meets the senses, that there is a truth, goodness, and beauty that surrounds us that is waiting to be discovered and is making itself known to us. This is a truth that our ancestors knew in their bones, that instead of us being the masters of creation, we are very much part of it and are susceptible to forces beyond us. Now, sometimes these forces were called spirits. Sometimes they came through incantations, sometimes through the actions of God. But we live in what some have called a buffered world, a world that has been disenchanted by rationalism, closed off from possibilities beyond what we can imagine or make for ourselves. On Christmas, though, we are enchanted by the good news that a child has been born for us, a son given to us, and that he is Christ the Lord. Christmas Eve is always enchanting because on this most holy night, we join in story and song that has sounded throughout the ages. There is something special about this night that makes it alive with possibility. Whether it's tracking flying reindeer via satellites, leaving out milk and cookies for nocturnal gift givers, or tears that come to our eyes as we sing hymns that remind us of Christmas's past. There are things about this night that will give us goosebumps. Those are the marks of enchantment. And it should come as no surprise that enchantment happens best in the dark. Something happens when the sun goes down that opens us to possibilities that simply do not exist during the day. Births always happen as a baby emerges from the darkness of the womb, and seeds always sprout from the darkness of the earth. In film and literature, magicians always wear dark clothing, and magical things happen at night, not in the broad daylight. The darkness of night is a time for stillness, of unknowing, of creativity. Now, whether or not Jesus was born at night, we don't know. But it was night when the good news was announced to the shepherds. Somehow the news that the Messiah has been born is more believable in the dark, because it is out of the darkness that the light shines forth. This is what the prophet Isaiah recounts, that those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah prophesied in a time of warfare and despair. Jesus was born under imperial oppression and into poverty. And we gather this night in the midst of personal struggles, political strife, and global crises. In these dark moments, our enchanting God brings forth the light of hope the light of grace, the light of love. And whether it was 2,500 years ago for Isaiah, 
2,000 years ago in Bethlehem or on this very night. This enchanting salvation is best described using the very same words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and authority shall rest upon his shoulders, and his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our world has forever been enchanted and opened by the gift of God among us in Jesus. The way in which Luke recounts the coming of this light is full of enchantment, full of God making a way out of no way. It began with a census, an act of imperial control. A census had three functions, to remind you who was in charge, to extract more taxes out of you, to count how large of an army would be needed to crush you. Now, in a disenchanted world, the only result of a census like this is disempowerment and resignation. Empires, tyrants, and evil do what they will do. Crush the opposition and devour the vulnerable. When we are facing problems bigger than ourselves, and it could be a problem like addiction, or depression, or racism, or broken relationships, we can be tempted to be disillusioned and disenchanted, seeing no hope for salvation, no way that something new could ever happen. But we have seen a great light. We know that God has possibilities that we cannot yet fathom. All of Israel was being counted, and yet God was making moves that the emperor in all his might could not see. It's because as we heard in tonight's psalm, the Lord is king. We are not bound by the limitations of our sinfulness and mortality because we live in an enchanted world, a world in which every bush is afire with God. The light of God coming into the world comes as it always has, through God's steadfast love and commitment to the people of God. From God's first blessing of humanity in the garden the call to bless all the earth through the promise to Abraham, to God's salvation in the Exodus and the kingship of David. God has shepherded the people towards abundance, even when we protest and choose the path of scarcity. Luke makes it clear that this light comes through the faithful lineage of people who have come and seen God's abundant grace throughout the generations. People like Noah, Ruth, David, and now Mary and Joseph. The Holy Family goes to the city of David, Bethlehem, a city that reminds us of God's unwavering promise of grace and love. It does not matter that no one expected the Messiah to be born on that night or to come in that way. It does not matter that humanity has not yet cleaned up its act and deserved a Messiah. For it is God's grace that shines throughout eternity on this most holy night. As we heard in the reading from Titus, the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared and saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy. Though we are not always faithful, God is. And the promises made to David 
are fulfilled in Jesus, meaning that our limits do not limit God. Our doubts do not hinder God. Our sins do not block the way of the Lord. Our blindness to what God is doing does not thwart what God is doing in our lives. Our world remains enchanted because God is continuing to fulfill that promise made to Abraham and Sarah, to David and to Mary, that God will bless the whole of creation. The way this light shimmers in our world, though, is not always as we would expect it. No one expected the Messiah to be God Almighty in the flesh, certainly not to be born to a poor, unwed Jewish couple from the backwaters of an occupied Roman territory. We've become so used to this story that sometimes we think of it as a sweet moment, but it was not. As I've already mentioned, a census is an imperial edict. If there was a soundtrack to go along with the nativity of Jesus, it would be what we heard from Isaiah, the boots of tramping warriors. And just imagine the anxiety of going into labor in a village that is not home, needing to find a place of refuge and not knowing where to go. The child is born, but there's no place to lay him, no crib. The best they could find was a manger, which, lest we forget, is what animals eat out of. The creator of the cosmos is born in a human flesh and rests in a feed trough. What a God this is. We can talk about the Lord taking on flesh all we want, but we will never fully understand just how profound and amazing this is. Jesus was not born as a warrior, king or priest, but as a poor and needy child. This defies explanation and reason, and yet it is the source of this night's enchantment, that out of love for us, love was born in a way that we could receive him. There's such joy and wonder when a child is born. How much more when, as Christina Rossetti puts it in a great Christmas poem, that love came down at Christmas, love all lovely, love divine. Because God was born as an infant and laid in a manger in Bethlehem, it means that God is not beyond coming to us, however it takes for us to get the message that we are the beloved of God and love is the way. The dawning of this great light is then shown and announced to the shepherds by God's messengers, often called angels. Now, we tend to think of angels in the way that the children of this parish portrayed them earlier today at the pageant, as creatures with wings, halos, and harps. But the word angel, it simply means messenger. And God continues to send messengers to us today, bringing us tidings of great joy. Indeed, for us is born a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. Joy is something we enter into, something we participate in, not something we have to come up with ourselves. Joy is a gift, a gift that takes us deeper than happiness, beyond our circumstances, to a peace that passes all understanding, to the sort of contentment that we only find in the love of God, to the trust that all things shall be well. 
This joy comes to us on Christmas, but it is more than simply good news. It is the reality in which we live our lives. The joy of Christmas, the enchantment of this night, is not something that comes around once a year. It's the foundation upon which we live our lives. God's messengers, who sometimes are disguised as children, therapists, preachers, beggars, friends, and enemies, still announce this good news of great joy to us, that a child has been born for us, a son given to us, and that authority rests on his shoulders. Another way of saying that would be to say that God's got the whole world in his hands. And so there are always possibilities for more than we can ask or imagine. This joy is a gift that comes from beyond us, enchanting us with hope even when we are unsure, with faith when we are afraid, with forgiveness in our guilt and resurrection life in our death. As Mary received this enchanting light and joy, Luke notes that she treasured and pondered these words of grace in her heart. Now that word ponder, it does not mean that she sat there and thought deep thoughts. Rather, the word means that Mary was putting things together, connecting these ideas. This is our response at Christmas, to connect this good news of great joy to our lives, to have this light grow out of the darkness. Christmas is meant to connect the dots of our faith and our lives, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that we might have life in him. This means that love is the music by which we live our lives. It is the canvas on which our lives are painted, the currency we are given to spend. Christmas tells the story to us that love is on the move, that love is always coming towards us, always going with us, always ahead of us, waiting for us. For love came down at Christmas. When we connect this great love that was born for us with our lives, then we encounter the enchanting power of Christmas. Again, to quote Rossetti, love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and others love for plea and gift and sign. We pray for the light of love to shine in our hearts and in our world. We receive the love as the gift of Christmas, which enchants and gives direction to our lives. Through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of love incarnate, Jesus Christ, we have the sign of God's love shining on us this night and into eternity.